0: organically really like
1: spontaneously it's not just going in there and making a noise folks <laughs> the classic rock files with kelly parker and mike young hi mike oh
0: hi kelly
1: Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Of course, earlier in the week, we were talking about uh, Sammy Hagar. Made headlines, is what he did earlier in the week, for saying he'd be willing to die to get uh, crowded concerts happening again. And it finally hit Twitter last night. It was actually trending, and it was not kind to Sammy. And so now he has walked this back.
0: Yeah, so to catch you up, we talked about his original quote in Rolling Stone magazine that read, This is hard to say without stirring somebody up, but truthfully, I'd rather personally get sick and even die if that's what it takes. We have to save the world and this country from the economic thing that's going to kill more people in the long run. I would rather see everyone go back to work. If some of us have to sacrifice on that, okay. I will die for my children and my grandchildren to have a life anywhere close to the life that I had in this wonderful country. Then he took to Facebook yesterday after you mentioned he was trending uh, and people were unkind, Yeah, shockingly. Yeah, Um, He explained that he conducted that interview in early May, May 8th to be specific, when he thought, quote, the curve was beginning flattening.
1: That is a quote, yeah, not really English or grammar or syntax. That's the quote.
0: He he put up a a lengthy... uh, Post on Facebook. I'll
1: handle this one. Hey, Sammy here. Earlier in the week, Rolling Stone ran a compilation piece from their quarantine Q&A series. I did that interview a month and a half ago. Things change very fast right now. So I wanted to clarify and put a few things into context now. I did that interview May 8th when we were already several weeks into the stay at home which my family and I took very seriously, and things were starting to look up. The curve was beginning flattening. There it is. So when I was asked if I'd be comfortable enough to get back on stage before a vaccine was out, I was cautiously optimistic. I said, yeah, not too soon. I want to make sure it's not escalating. When it's
0: declining and it seems to be going away. Big picture. If I may interrupt your quote for a moment Please, yeah. I like that he subquoted himself in the piece. Yeah. So he's saying, that's what I said. Meanwhile... I already read you what he actually said.
1: Yeah, he continued. He said, big picture, it's about getting back to work in a safe and responsible way and getting this economy rolling again. There's nothing in that walk back about being willing to die it's a safe and responsible way. He said, I'll do my part. I stand by that. I employ 200 people directly and when we tour, even more. Like everything today, it's a watch and see over the next few months, but we remain cautiously optimistic that with the right improvements and safety measures in place, we might be able to play shows this year. That said, as things change for the better or worse, we will appropriately adjust our plans.
0: I want Sammy Hagar to know that is not a clarification. Nope. That is literally just making a new statement that contradicts the one you already made.
1: And not entirely, by the way. I mean, yes, it, he doesn't mention anything about being willing to die. So in this way, he's saying responsible, we'll get back to doing shows. And that's uh, a
0: perfectly acceptable thing to say. We're going to be responsible. We'll go out when it's right.
1: That's really how you say it. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah.
0: He said, you know, we will appropriately adjust our plans. That's all you needed to say to begin with. Don't talk crazy and jump on uh, extremes when you're speaking because, you know, for some reason, people tend to grab a hold of those extreme quotes and use them against you.
1: Yeah, because that's all they've got to go with. Uh, He also didn't say anything about waiting for a vaccine which I think everybody has pretty much assumed that until there's a vaccine, we won't be getting into these crowded environments at shows. And so he didn't say anything about that.
0: And I will say on Sammy's behalf, if Rolling Stone is going to be conducting interviews relating to COVID and the pandemic and quarantine six weeks in advance and then running them, that is absolutely the worst kind of journalism you can do. And if you are not running a massive... Header above that article that says, this interview was done on this date.
1: That's a great spot for a disclaimer.
0: You know, you yeah. are truly doing a disservice to whatever kind of job you're, you're trying to do. Because yeah. this is something that's moving so fluid that something I say on Monday isn't necessarily applicable on Friday. So right. six weeks is an amazing time to sit on something for uh, a company that has a website and could post it immediately. We're five minutes into this podcast
1: today. It's entirely possible that something we've already said in the last five minutes doesn't apply anymore.
0: Stay tuned Monday for another walk back on the Classic Rock Files.
1: <laughs> oh, Sammy. And he's not the kind of guy who worries much about what is said on social media, but uh, ooh, he took some on Twitter last night. Well, we
0: know, we knew when we talked about that story originally, yeah. this article has bad idea written all over it.
1: Yeah, we knew there was going to be a part two, and that was it. Okay, Neil Sean of Journey has discussed the politics that he believes were responsible for creating a distance between himself and former singer Steve Perry.
0: Yeah, this is a weird story, getting into conspiracy theory territory. So Schoen said that when his former colleague released his comeback album Traces in 2018, he made a lot of encouraging comments about the partnership that made Journey a success for 20 years. And he said, quote, when he first came out, started doing the very first interviews, he had a lot to say about him and I, and it was all very positive. What he was talking about, our friendship, what we wrote together, and what he cherishes in his heart. He was speaking with Eddie Trunk on this. He said, and things dramatically changed, whether it was edited out by higher ups or whatever, but it went from completely one way to another. And I was like, wow, that's just too bad.
1: And he said, Neil Sean again, he said he believed Perry was being honest and that he was telling everybody how he felt, and then it seemed like somebody had clamped down on him and said, don't talk about it. He says, which I've seen a lot in all the years I've been in this industry, I just know what goes on behind closed doors, and there's a lot of politics. He says things always get twisted to make it look as if he was trying to take advantage of somebody, but he said, look, I'm I'm a true friend of his, whether he knows it or not, and I get the feeling when I'm trying to talk to him that he thinks that I just want something. I don't want anything, I just want to support him to show him respect for all the great years we had. And that's it. Simply, that's it. I still wish him the best. What do you make of this?
0: I'm a massive Steve Perry fan, so I really remember this time because having that new album was just a real treat Oh yeah, to get that. And I remember the press cycle because you hadn't seen Steve Perry talk for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And so I was watching all the interviews he was doing. I was having them on in the background while I was working um, and just taking in as much as I could. There was very little discussion from Steve Perry about Journey at all. I don't recall any. Uh, But, however, on the other side, there were interviews with Neil Schoen popping up that were referencing this album and how he wished they could do something together again and how he hoped that door was open in the future. And I think what happened was Neil was trying, and much like he brings up here, trying to take advantage of somebody, Neil was using Steve's comeback as a way to insert himself in The narrative Hmm. by creating this idea that you know Steve Perry's back, maybe he's gonna reunite with Journey. And I think from the beginning, this was about Steve Perry coming back and doing a solo album. And if there were any higher up meddling, it was basically you know, two announcers or people doing interviews with Steve that were maybe like, let's avoid talking about Journey, let's just Mm -hmm. talk about my journey to get back into making music, Mm -hmm. which I can totally see because this isn't about Journey. This is about Steve Perry. He wasn't a part of Journey for years at that point.
1: Yeah, and very often, I mean, you've done lots of artist interviews. I have as well. Every once in a while, they'll say, we'd prefer you don't get into this area. We'd like to talk about more about this and it's very rare and sometimes even there like i recall a couple of interviews there's two that j- jumped to mind for me one's a little bit insane i interviewed meatloaf one time and the directive from the pr person from his pr person was you could talk about anything you like but uh, the song i'll do anything for love but i won't do that you're not allowed to ask him what that is that was that request
0: he's been down that road too many
1: times i suppose it, it wouldn't have occurred to me to ask But that's what they asked. Another one was, um, I was interviewing Roger Hodgson from Supertramp, his PR person said, don't ask him about the Supertramp breakup and the difficulties in Supertramp that led to that split. And so I said, uh, okay, and then we started talking and uh, it naturally came up, he referred to it in fact. And I said, would you mind if I ask about this? And he said, oh yeah, no problem at all. And we chatted about that. So um, if anything, This case here with Steve Perry and Neil Sean, it's possible that just... When you were hearing interviews at the time when uh, Steve Perry released his album, that PR people were saying we'd like to concentrate on his new work and the journey that he's been on, as you yeah, said,
0: and that's the album they're trying to sell, right? Yeah. They're not trying to sell a journey reunion.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so it's not really necessarily conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat stuff. This is, Neil, I mean,
0: this is when you do an interview with Neil Schoen, Am I asking about his work with Jan Hammer? You know, <laughs> am I hoping that that group gets back together? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. And if I was constantly yeah. asking about that, I'm sure PR would be like, you know, he doesn't want to talk about that
1: unless the higher-ups are trying to prevent that reunion
0: i think the higher-ups and whoever would have journey on their label would certainly love if steve barry joined back up with journey no kidding you know they did have
1: some success they
0: did and and plus he's already talked about that when they broke up originally you know steve's done that press already yeah and neil's done that press so we know the story there the interesting story is why did you disappear that's what people wanted to hear any person worth their salt interviewing steve would have said I don't care about the Journey stuff. Like, I want to know where you've been for the last year. Yeah, and he did address
1: that in the interviews that I heard. He didn't talk about a reunion or anything like that. He just said, it got to be too much for me. All that stardom and that that got to be too much for me mentally and it was unhealthy and so I had to get away from it. He did address that in those interviews.
0: And we know from the lawsuit that came out earlier this year Mm -hmm. that Steve is very still involved with Journey in terms of business decisions that they make. Yeah. Um, So it's not like he is completely removed from the band. Mm -hmm. He receives money from them and uh, their tours and merchandise sales etc and he has been very vocal from the beginning about how Arnold Paneda is their singer. Yep. He is a very good singer. Mm-hmm. He is a nice fit for them and he does not want to come in and take his spot.
1: I feel like you and I are dancing around the elephant in the room right now which is Neil Sean himself. If you look at him up he's running off with married women years ago. I think he might still be with her so yay love but also uh, just a couple of months ago tossing longtime members out of the band. There's lawsuits involved. I have questions about Neil Sean myself
0: I don't think he's a great guy that's my two cents <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> well we'll follow that one for you I guess we'll finish up because it's a Friday seven dust back with a cover of sound gardens the day I tried to live this is their first new recording since their 2018 album all I see is war
0: Yeah, interesting to come back with a new record with a cover song. They've really done a great job with this one. Um, The singer of the band, uh, LaJohn Witherspoon, pointed to the song's timeless lyrics as one of the main reasons the band decided to cover this particular track, which appeared back in 1994 on the album Super Unknown. He said, They were such an important band to all of us in 7 Dust, and this love for them goes back all the way to when we were starting. We discussed trying to do one of their songs, and our producer Elvis suggested The Day I Tried to Live. And when I first heard it, I thought the lyrics were timeless. The lyrics are about trying to experience new things and change the way you live. And we see examples of that every day with what is happening around the world. To have the chance to cover this song, releasing it is so special for all of us. Thank you to Chris Cornell and Soundgarden.
1: So here is Seven Dust's cover of The Day I Tried to Live from Soundgarden, at least part of it. No, I just got to hand it to anybody who takes on covering a Chris Cornell vocal
0: and i think it does a great job yeah sounds it sounds good well that's one of those ones you you find and you instantly add to your playlist uh just a great cover a band that has been around now for like 25 years so it's been tough for bands from that era to continue you know this band especially lumped into the new metal genre when mm-hmm. they started and they've you know in 2020 they're still releasing music so good for them because that's a tough cloak to come out from under
1: for sure that is the classic rock files 94.3 the drive music director mike young thank you thank you